that's the way you guys think. Think everything's going to happen to you. You got to make it happen. Welcome to Black Irish Podcast. Welcome to an all-new episode of Black Irish Podcast with myself, Brendan McCorkle, and that's it. So you know what you're getting today. Anything and everything. It's off the rails, starting from the beginning, all the way till the end. Anything goes. And that being said, uh, it's it's going to start a little rough, uh, just because there's a terrible topic out there that I wanted to address and... Mike's not here, but it's, you know, topic of conversation. So if you just want to skip, we'll ease into the good stuff. But if you just want to skip ahead a couple of minutes, then go right ahead. We're going to just dive into this thing, though. But this viral vacation, man, this, ugh, it's just, just awful to watch. Um, Shanquella Robinson got beat up in her hotel room with her, like, she was on vacation with her friends, One gotten some kind of altercation with one of the people on vacation, and, you know, I, I was hesitant to watch the video, but then I watched a clip, which, again, I don't know how much of it is what, but, um, you know, clearly she's not even fighting at all from the beginning, or when she's getting hit, and then she kind of gets thrown into the corner of a bed, and it's like, is that when her neck snapped? Because they had uh, they claimed she had alcohol poisoning. You know, covered up a murder is what happened. But um, I don't know. At, like, I don't know if what I saw was, you know, the initial thing. Or if it was like, that's what hurt her so bad. And they're like, we don't know what to do. How do we... You know, I don't know how far down the rabbit hole goes. You know, with as far as what happened, and what they decided to do about it. Um, so, anyway, everybody can feel the way they want to feel about that, and I'm not trying to get in the weeds on that, but I, I just feel awful for for just, you know, everybody involved, and, you know, it's I just don't know why you would fight your friends. Um, but then again, it's, you know, we don't know. I don't know anything. Maybe they weren't even really friends. They were just a part of the same group. Maybe they didn't like each other. Everybody's seen the Jersey Shore. You know, they don't just, you know, I don't know. So it, it, nobody knows the situation is what I'm saying. And especially me. I know little to nothing. I know the littlest. But that being said, you know, like I almost got in a fight with a friend once. Um, but I just decided to punch a truck instead and break my hand. I don't know what it did to save our friendship for that day, but I just did my best to not hit my friend. I don't know. Uh, violence can violence leads to accidents, man. I just, I don't know. You never know when somebody's going to slip the wrong way, and then just, it's just, I avoid it at all costs, but I understand that it's got to be used sometimes, especially in self-defense. But, anywho, if, let's just say, let's take all the actual real information out of the story okay here's where we go back into the fun okay it all in less than five minutes we're right in the deal okay hypothetically if i 
was like on vacation. Something goes awry. And it's like, oh, somehow this might get traced back to me. And then I'm like, you know, Kevin Hart just did a whole Netflix thing on this true story or some something with Wesley. Like it was it was okay. Uh, I reviewed it on here a while back. Um, but like what would what would the plan be? Like do, does the like if you're in a group, like does the one person stay behind that is like truly at fault? But everybody else is kind of an accomplice because it's like, oh, we didn't do anything to help or stop or maybe we facilitated, you know, like, oh, shit, we might be in trouble, too. But it's like one person's going down for sure. And it's like, do they stay behind and everybody else goes back and is like, hey, man, you know, see what happens and see if the dust settles. But then you're, you know, or do you just stay back as a pack? And it's like, OK, we just... We're officially on the, we just are going to keep lying forever until they give up about us or, you know, which never works. There's always the one person's mom that, you know, it's all these Netflix documentaries. It's like, I knew something was wrong. <laughs> you know, it just unfortunately takes some years and tons of money to figure out that like, yeah, something did go wrong. And it was just like, hmm, could have dealt with it better. But uh, like, do you just sit there and wait for Dog the Bounty Hunter to show up? Like, I don't know how many people still remember Dog the Bounty Hunter, or if that's still a thing, besides him just being, like, a racist old man. But <laughs> I used to watch so much Dog the Bounty Hunter. Not even by choice. It's, my mom used to love Dog the Bounty Hunter. And so, by default, if you're sleeping on the recliner because uh, you didn't have your shit together and you had to move back in with your parents, you watch American Idol and Dog the Bounty Hunter. Now, that being said... I actually liked American Idol at the time. It was like once every four or five seasons I would dip back in. It would be good after watching the first. Not the first. I don't know. I started watching American Idol at some point, And then it was like, oh, okay. I can't watch it two years in a row. I can't watch it even every other year. I got to wait like four or five years. Because it just, you have to wait for them to actually get some decent crops you know, of talent through there, you know, a new cast of characters. Sometimes they just whiff because, you know, people suck. Um, <coughs> anyway, that being said, I did watch a lot of Dog the Bounty Hunter. But do you wait for that? Like, so, like, do you just start going, decide where you're going to start moving and living? And like, I think that's what I would do. Just be like, okay, this is easy. Let's, let me just find the very first... If I'm, like, trying to ditch, like, hey, something bad happened. I can't go home. I can't stay in Mexico just because of dog or his descendants. I don't need, you know, the puppy bounty hunters coming after me. So I'm like, all right, where, what, what am I going to do? Instantly go to somewhere that I, you know, can figure out quickly. Thank you, Internet. Uh, where it's like, oh, I won't get in trouble or extradited or whatever. And then figure out a way, like, get there as fast as I can with whatever I've got. And then lay low, but just figure out a way to make money. Just make enough money, like, have a have a timeline of, like, a year. And be like, okay, during this year, I'm just going to first figure out how much, like, just to make money. 
just first three months and then for the next, you know, nine, just grind, get it. And during that nine months while you're grinding, you already know how you're going to get your money. So you're just in, that's in rhythm now. And then it's like, okay, now let's figure out where we're going to go. Let, now let's make a plan. We're already got this, the money's in motion. Now let's make a pl plan while the money's still coming. And it's like, okay, now where are we going to go? Where Climate is a very big deal. Um, but it's like, if you really, really want to get gone, you got to go live in like the cabin in the woods and ugh, I don't want to do that, man. That's just, that's lonely, that's sad. I don't want to do that. But it's like, mm, you also can't just go and be on a beach, but maybe you can. I don't know. See, that's the point. That's the, where the research comes into play when you're trying to dodge the law, which... I was halfway decent about that. Not, a, not good enough, though, man. One too many. Uh, I wouldn't be here without the cops, I'll tell you that. Right here, right now. But that got me thinking about trash reality shows and Dog the Bounty Hunter. For And anybody that doesn't know, Dog the Bounty Hunter was just a fucking crazy show that... This guy, this old man, would just uh, go around with tasers and pepper spray like the kind that you get at, like, the Army-Navy surplus store that's, like, way over the top, like, military-grade crap. And uh, he would just go find people in Hawaii. It's like, okay, that's not that impressive because it's like, where are they going to go? It's an island, bro. Island hopping, maybe. But it's like, they made it out to be this big thing. It's like, this guy's been on the loose for nine months. It's like... How many people are on this tiny island of Kauai, man? Like, I thought you, you're like, I run this island. Do you? Why does it take you so long to find one fella? How many drug dealers are in on this little tiny island in Hawaii? Like, it wasn't that impressive. You track somebody down in four months that got out of Canada and you find them in Oklahoma. Hey, Top of the morning to you, dog. That's pretty impressive, brother. Get all these other chuckleheads out there. It's like, it's just like, oh, it's it was the silliest show. But that was the thing that made it entertaining was it's very silly. So I got to thinking about trash reality show like Dog the Bounty Hunter and stuff that I used to watch. And I didn't care for, I did have a girlfriend that was on Judge Judy <laughs> as the defendant, of course. Uh, she's a nice gal. Um, but I, like my mom loved Judge Judy. I can't watch that trash. It's too much. It's just librarians that yell are not fun. I don't care for it. I don't care if she's got a stanky mouth on her. Sassy pants. Judge Judy. I mean, good honor though. Tip of the cap. You win the, you know, the court case money show game. Hands down, you're the queen, queen of the crop. Uh, but my thing was more like it had to do with cars, but not in the sense of like, like uh, pimp your ride. Like pimp your ride was so stupid. There was a show that Exhibit, and I've met, I'm throwing out all the oldest reference. Exhibit is a rapper for those of you who don't know. Uh, he's also an actor, uh, and he did a show for MTV where people would get their cars kidnapped. Do, do, do. Like a family member would set up like this broke piece of shit 
can't fix his broke piece of shit, but he loves this broke piece of shit. So, will you fix his ride? And it was like, not only will we fix your ride, we will pimp your ride. And it was like, oh yeah, let's distract him so he doesn't know his car's gone. It's like, and it was so hilarious because most of the time it was like, it's the junk piece of shit on the side cover. Just put cardboard boxes under the cover. He's not even going to know. He doesn't even go over there anymore. But it was hilarious when it was like their daily driver. They're like, but how's he going to get to work? And they're like, I don't know. This is a head scratcher. How are we going to figure to get the car out of here? And he can't afford vacation. I don't. That was the funnest part of that show. But anyway, I didn't give a shit about that part of it. The car shows that I did appreciate, though, were the repossession ones. So they had a show called Repo Games back in the day. These are all back in the day, so I'm going to throw that phrase away for the rest of this. Um, And they would have this repo crew show up, hook up this car that was late on their payments or whatever, and But before they took it, in the dead of the night or during the day or whenever they chose to do it, um, like most of them do, they just hook up and drive off. Or they'll like hook up, try and get you to sign something, but if it's like, oh, you're going to be nasty about it, they're, they're already ready to jump in and drive. So instead of doing that, these guys will like go up to their door and be like, hey, by the way, that car that's hooked up to our tow truck, we're taking it. Unless you can answer three questions. And it's like, oh, okay. These are probably going to be kind of hard. And sometimes, I mean, honestly, one out of every like five questions, I'd be like, huh, I don't think I'd get this. But it's like, who was the 16th president of the United States? Or like, who is the current president? Or who was our last president? Or like, multiplication questions. Like, the, like, some remedial stuff. And these people are just like, uh, and it's so funny because, you know, everybody's like, oh my gosh, they're so dumb. Which, yes, they are. They're, they're totally stupid. But it's like they also have the added pressure of, oh man, I'm losing my car. But then there's the hope in the back of the brain, which most poor people have and I know very well, which is like, hang on a second. This might go my way for once. And so they're very enthusiastic about being very stupid. And it makes for great television. So that was always fun. And then every now and again, you get a sharpshooter that's just like, bang, bang, bang. I just have a bad job, man. I'm not stupid. And you're like, oh, you got repoed on your feelings, repo man. And so that part was fun. Uh, Repo Games was a good one. Repo games was fun. And, you know, trivia. It's fun, stupid, silly things. You get to feel like a genius sitting on the couch. I get, you know, it's not a Jeopardy feeling. It's like a, yeah, king of the castle, king of the castle. Uh, and then more repo, repossession shows. Lizard Lick Towing and South Beach Tow. I, I don't know what kind of independent channel they were on when I used to watch them, but they were the best back-to-back, like, two-hour block. There were half-hour shows. Lizard Lick Towing. And it's all, obviously, it's only, like, the first season or two, and then it gets the, re, you know, the produced reality gets overproduced, and then it's just not fun anymore. Um, but My Lanta, Lizard Lick Towing, 
is just two big old hillbilly boys in Georgia, I think. And they're just driving around the swamp, repoing like Toyota Corollas and ATVs and, uh, you know, farm equipment. But it's just like in the very first episode, I think it's, you know, his muscle, this guy's muscle, which, by the way, the only reason this dude is the main guy is super strong. They always wear like the they have like flat top mullets and they wear the reflective glasses and is a big dude. Very strong. He's just very slow. You know, like, don't let him get a hold of you, but, you know, you can get away pretty easy. So he's got his other guy who's more of his agile muscle, but he's still, like, six seven, like, 280. He's a giant. And, like, the very first episode, he's like, oh, we got this repo. Like, they just drive around scanning plates in their own hometown, scanning plates. Like, hey, is this dude late on his payments? It's just a messed up system. And it's like, oh! I know that guy. That guy was mean to me in high school. And like, oh, like gets super aggressive with this guy, like tackles him and stuff. It's just so, so silly. And then South Beach, though, is just, it's in South Beach, Florida, man. It's just the wildest of wild people. It's like, you know, people at brunch with alligators are like, hey, man, you can't take my car. <laughs> like, It's just the funnest, weirdest, uh, good, good stuff. I'm sure you can look it up on the internet machine and, and find out where that stuff is. But, uh, yeah, I'd say like the first season of lizard lick towing. And then like the first two seasons of South beach toe are mwah, when it comes to reality TV, has there been a show called served where you get served papers and like, but like in a prank show kind of way, like, Ugh. Very goofy, silly way. Like, somebody's your waiter, but they're filming it. And they're like, uh, I order, like, it's under a cloche. It's like, um, sir, what did you order? It's like, I had the clam chowder. It's like, well, actually, dry ice. You've been served. And the guy's like, what the fuck? Huh? Not only did you just ruin this, you just ruined my date, and I'm still hungry. What's happening here? But it's like, oh, we're just kidding. You signed a waiver. It's like, oh. It's like cheaters, but for paperwork. I don't know. It sounds like it's something that probably has been done. But if not, maybe somebody should look into that. All right. Moving right along. Uh, I'm going to move on to sports. And with sports, I'm going to throw out some early uh, college hoops, men's college hoops predictions. So some of this stuff is based off of research, past knowledge of watching previous games and things of that nature. And part of it's just good old intuition and gut. And... Uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and break down how much of what is what in each thought. I'm just going to give them to you and let you decide how you feel about it. So, we'll start with number one. University of North Carolina. The Tar Heels. Which, by the way, my partner in crime in this podcast, Mike, that's his favorite team like above everything. And he didn't 
know what the mascot was. He just knows North Carolina basketball. <laughs> I was like, oh, Tar Heels? He's like, who's what, what Tar Heels? Like, the North Carolina Tar Heels? It's like, oh, I didn't know what they were. No. That's an interesting take as a fan. But they had their uh, they had their their big recruit uh, decommit over the summer and switch schools to I think South Carolina. But either way, it doesn't matter. They don't have them. So somebody they were expecting to have they don't have, which they still have a ton of players. Um, but we'll see how they're able to work with what they've got and. Uh, which is quite a bit. They just have to reorganize their strategy for the season, really. It's just only one player didn't show up. Um, but it'll be interesting to see how they work and group throughout the season. But they have the entire season work it out, so they're going to be a tough... They're going to be tough to beat all year, and then they're going to be really tough to beat in the tournament. So um, I'm sure Mike's very happy about that. But luckily, he doesn't have time to gloat about that because he ain't here, so... Moving right along. Um, Timmy for Gonzaga is so overrated and extremely soft. And I'm just so sick of hearing how good he is and what kind of a leader. Maybe he is a leader. But he's soft. Soft like fresh baked cookies. He's soft. He's big, but he's soft. Uh, and, you know, for that, I think the Zags get bounced in the tournament. I mean, I'm not saying they're going to get, like, shocked. But I don't think they'll make it to the title game. Right now, they're ranked number two. I don't think that they're going to be in the one or two spot come the end of the March Madness NCAA tournament. Um, they might make it Final Four. But that's it. Depending on how everything shakes out and the way the bracket is. Uh, also, so just on that same note, just these very extended predictions, uh, I think Baylor will be in the final four. I don't know what they're currently ranked. I think they're just out, maybe they're like somewhere in the five to eight range, nine range, but, um, Baylor, I feel like will be in the final four this year and the Dukies are back. They're currently ranked number seven, the Duke Blue Devils. And I think that that's a generous spot for them. I understand that they still have the athletes. They still have the program. The new head coach, you, you know, it was meant to be. It was a transition. It was all this, all this good stuff. But Duke does have underachieving years. And I think that's what it's going to be. Not necessarily going to be like overall look back and be like, well, they had a decent season. They had a good season and everything. But yes, but as them being ranked number seven, I don't think that's that's accurate for where they're going to end up. I think that they might not even be ranked come the end of the year or uh, they'll be at the back end of the top 25 of the AP pool. I think they're going to have multiple losses, um, obviously, but... I just think it's going to be an underachieving year for Duke this year. So the Dukies are back. They're not going to win the big games that they normally do, which is going to be the big difference. And that's going to, you know, those four games matter. 
you lose an extra four games a year, that's a big deal. So I think that's what's going to happen this year with Duke. Um, I think Oregon is going to be better than Arizona. That's not a wild prediction or anything. I'm just kind of running through all my thoughts as I was running through the rankings um, on how I felt about the top 25. And Oregon is ranked not significantly lower than Arizona, but I think, you know, eight spots or so. And Oregon is on the upward trend. And Arizona is, they're just too up and down. And I think it's going to be a fine year for Arizona. Again, they'll probably end up on the back end of the top 25. But I think Oregon will be in the top 15. Um, possibly top 10 by the end of the year. So I think they may they may be the best in the Pac-12. I don't know that because UCLA is pretty good this year. Supposed to be. Looks like they will be. Uh, even though I still do not like their coach. Um, so I'm not saying they're going to be better than UCLA, but I think they're going to be right there with them uh, at the top of the heap. So that's that for the Pac-12. They, you know, Pac-12 sucks. Not much to talk about there. Um, I think Xavier is going to go deep in the tourney. They are coming off a good NIT run. Um, again, the same thing as Oregon. Like, they're trending in the right direction. Uh, they, you know, same thing with Oregon. Like, they have some key players returning. And that goes a long way in the NCAA tournament is when you have players that play together for a while. Um, any, any kids that, any teammates in any sport that play together for more than one season are going to have an advantage against other teams that haven't, you know, if the skill level is equal, that's all I'm saying. And, you know, in college hoops, there's a lot of turnover or even more with like transfer portals and there's just a whole lot. Everybody's looking for their opportunity and it's a lot more of a quicker payoff, which is great. Like, hey man, if you can find a good spot, shine and then bounce to the NBA, good for you, dude. You know, good for you. That's how the system is. Use the system for how it's set up till they change it. I mean, it's their system, <laughs> you know, uh, but that being said, a lot of these teams... So, that's why you get, like, your your Davidsons and your, like, teams and schools of that nature tend to have good, solid teams where you're like, man, where'd they come from? It's like, well, they've been playing together for two, three, four years. You know? Like, these three guys, the center, the shooting guard, and the point guard have been playing together for all four years. It's like, yeah, that's they're going to be pretty solid. Whether or not... You know, and as long as you're elevating their skills while they're on your team and at your school, then yeah, man, that's that's gonna be a solid little unit. Cause that, like, I keep looking at sports differently, and especially in this podcast realm, trying to figure out how to explain them to people that may just hang on to get through the sports talk, but maybe don't understand it as much, and 
you know, to me, and this is just my personal opinion, how I feel about certain things, is basketball is almost like having four dance partners out on the floor at the same time. You know, it's like everybody's got to be in their spots, otherwise you're stepping on each other's toes, literally and figuratively. And, you know, whoever's leading the dance is the one that has the ball. That's the person that leads. And everybody else is following their lead and knowing where to go based on whoever has the ball and what they do with it. And that's the great thing about dancing is that, you know, you can improv and if somebody does something, you can do a move off that. But it's, you know, it's kind of predetermined. Dancing's like, hey, if I do this, you do that. So it's like, hey, if I shoot, you go here. If I run here, you run there. And look for the pass or don't. or do. You know, there's always, it's, it's choreography, improv kind of. It's, it's, it's a very beautiful thing to watch. Um, so anybody that has more time with their partners is going to be more fluid and know where they're going to be without guessing where they're going to be. And that's huge in basketball. Huge. If you, it's huge in any sport. Football, a quarterback and receiving and running back, like all the skills players, knowing where they're going to be. And then on defense, you're having to trust where your people are going to be. That's kind of the same thing, but that's more of a chess match, an active chess match. And, you know, basketball is more of a, more of a dance, a fluid, fluid motion type game. I don't know. I love sports. I love sports. Um, well, I, I switch into football. Let me just pivot, stick the right foot in the ground and go. Um, I do not love losing. And boy, oh boy. Last week, college football, I think Mike went 1-2-2. Two, and two. I went 0-3-2 oh, last week. Two pushes, three losses. It was a rough go, man. It was a rough and tumble. But it was a weird weekend for football. I'll get into the NFL, which was one of the wildest football days I've seen in a, <laughs> in a very long time. Um, I'll just get running right into... Uh, so, in, in the spirit of hoping that uh, my picks are better this week, and knowing that Mike's not here to have any uh, impact on on me and my my picks because sometimes he'll do that I'm like oh man that's a good point and I was on the fence about this one I'm like no 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 I did my research I'm ready I, I'm coming with it today ready to go so uh, and we will start with I will start with the rank games which there's only two funny enough is it's the pack. 20, whatever they call themselves in football. Um, two ranked first ranked games this week, and they're both in the pack. 10, 12, 18. Uh, the first game is number 7 USC, giving up 2.5 points to number 12 UCLA at the Rose Bowl. And I love this game. Um, it's a great SoCal game. It's one that people actually get excited for, believe it or not. Uh, not everywhere, but there is a buzz a little bit around certain areas down. Like, yeah, there's a big big game going on. And 
I just can't track UCLA well enough to trust them to cover even getting cover a field goal. So uh, USC, they see that they have a path to the college football playoff. That being said, UCLA sees that they have a path to the college football playoff and they want to stop them. Of all, you know, that's one of the goal games is beat USC. And if there's the more there is on the line, the tastier the victory is. So um, I'm not sure how UCLA is going to approach the game, but I just think that USC is is more than a field goal better than UCLA, even if it is at the Rose Bowl. Because guess what? I've been to that game multiple times, and USC fans take over that game anyway. UCLA fans, even they sell their they held their season tickets. They go to all the other games and sell that game to pay for the season. It's full of Trojan fans, so it is not a home game to UCLA, although it is their stadium. Um, USC, I think, is going to cover by more than a field goal. Might be a close game, but I think they cover. The other rank versus rank game this week is number 10, Utah, versus number 12, Oregon. And Oregon is giving up three points. Now, while I do like Oregon uh, covering the three points, I'm just, again, with Utah... They're similar to UCLA. They're all right in this weird little pack. Hey, Oregon and UCLA can't be ranked the same. Hmm. I don't know. Something's fishy there. Uh, so whatever Oregon's ranked. Regardless, I still I think Oregon covers the three against Utah. I don't trust Utah. Uh, but here's what I will say. I, I'm not thrilled about that pick. It's just my pick because it's a rank versus rank game. But here's what is my pick for that game. The over 62 and a half. Over 62. It'll be a 70 plus point game. I think. I hope. I feel. It's just going to be a <laughs> tech mobile. Bang, 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 bang. Back and forth, back and forth. I wouldn't be surprised if they eclipse 50 points in the first half. Just saying. Um, or in one of the halves. It might be like they come out tight and then they go for broke in the second half, which you know Utah is known to do. Um, they did it against USC. So I don't know if... I would say in one half there will be more than 50 points. I'm going to see if I can find that bet. Uh, there's another bet, an upset bet that I like this week. Number 24, NC State, going against uh, unranked Louisville. Louisville's at home. They have to give four points. I say, let them have it. Louisville's a touchdown better. And here's the one that I don't know about is number four, TCU. Versus Baylor. Now, Baylor is one of those things where they're kind of in the category of UCLA and Utah to me. Like, I can't kind of get my finger on it. But in a game where TCU continues to push or bear, like they covered one time and then they pushed, but before that they hadn't covered for a while. I just say against TCU, start giving me the points. I'll take whoever is getting points versus TCU as long as the points are reasonable. And Baylor at home might outright win. So I'm taking the two and a half. 
give me the two and a half in Baylor. If I'm feeling saucy, I'll put some money on the money line. But otherwise, I'm just going to kick back, enjoy the game, and take my points. So, moving on to the NFL. Excuse me, I need to blow my nose real quick. I'll mute it though. All right, I'm back. I just don't want to go back and clip it out. It's such a pain in the ass, and I got I do this myself, and it's usually at night, like after the kids are in bed, and I'm staying up until however late I can stay up and get as much done as I can, and that's why trailers sometimes don't come out and stuff. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm exhausted, and I'm doing this. <laughs> I'm trying. Uh, but that being said, going to the NFL action, um, a lot of stuff went on this weekend. A lot of stuff. Bills versus Vikings was bananas. Bananas. I was watching it with some homies and it was just like, I, uh, like I was driving to go hang out with my homies and I had given up six and a half points and taken the Bills. And now the Bills were up at like 17 points while I'm driving. And I'm like, cool. I knew that they were, I figured they were going to come out, score some points, and then just run, 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 run. And then I'm like watching the game and I'm like, hang on a second. What's going on here? And then I'm just watching this thing unravel and it's like like the Bills are making all the wrong decisions Josh Allen who has a hurt elbow they're like they're going I know that I, I even pointed out the time like everybody's going to go this fourth down play where he throws an interception and, and be like what are you doing hey they went for it that's their decision but is Josh Allen like how do you not throw it to the back of the end zone if you're throwing the ball away, you throw it to the back of the end zone. So even if they do pick it off, it's like there's no way they're getting it out of the end zone. That's like QB 101. I read Joe Montana's book when I was in like second grade. And that was something I remembered. Okay. Back of the end zone. Dwight Clark. All right. Back of the end zone. Your guy or nobody. But even if you miss... It's the back of the end zone. And you got a hurt elbow. I, You know, I get it. Whatever. You guys are the Bills. I was like, hey, man, if they get this, this is good for me and my, my financial future. But they didn't. And then they had turnover on the goal. They have a weird stop at the goal line. Then they have a, they can't stop Justin Jefferson, even though it's like they're double and triple cover, not double and triple covering until they started to at the very, very end. But it's like third and 16. It's like, how do you not how do you not have everybody on him? Make Kirk Cousins run the ball. Dump it to Dalvin. I don't, you know, like figure something out, but just don't let that man catch it. And he makes one of the most incredible catches I've ever seen, by the way. Uh, which I discounted as soon as I saw it. I was like, hang on a second. Did he really? I was like, oh no, no, no. That was impressive. Uh and then so <laughs> Vikings are doing all their shit. They get down, they get stumped at like the six-inch line. Six-inch line. And the Bills can win it. I'm not going to cover, but the Bills can win it. And Josh Allen fumbles the snap. 
they recover in the end zone for the Vikings recover in the end zone for a touchdown. And as a football fan, I was sitting there watching. And as we do, when you're watching with buddies, you discuss like, hey, what would you do in this situation? Because none of us have to worry about the consequences. It's fun. And I said, I would go have one running back. I'd go shotgun formation, have one running back by my side, maybe even two, have like a split backfield, but they're on either side of me for extra blocking, have a tight end. So we've got five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. And two receivers. Okay. Like way spread out. Have them run their slants or whatever. See if you can do a little dump off to get out of there. If not, throw it away. You're up by three. If you do get a safety somehow, some way, no big deal. But you have eight people blocking for you. And if they're bringing the heat, you're... Dude, not for nothing. You got Stefan Diggs on your team. Okay? If you want to get super saucy, you have Dawson Knox peel off his block and see if you can get it over the line. Like in that, in between the levels. Okay? Or you have Gabe Davis on the other side fighting for the, like just have them run their end zone routes that Gabe Davis keeps yakking down all these receptions. I don't know. I'm just, that would have been my take. Go shotgun formation. You could have the defense all in front of you. No surprises. If the ball is a bad snap, goes out of the back of the end zone, who gives a shit? It's a safety. Don't sweat it, man. I don't know. That was just, that was my thought, my theory. I don't get paid the big bucks to do anything like that. But I just, I wonder. And then Josh Allen's, you know, trying to punch the ball out after you throw a pick. Use your noodle. And in the sense that I mean, if your arms hurt, lead with your head, dummy. Come on, man. They're gonna. He's gonna. His injury is gonna be the downfall of the Bills because here's the thing: is everybody can read between the lines and knows that when they say like they're not gonna do any further damage, it means this is super messed up. It's gonna continue to get worse as this goes on. But the surgery is going to fix it all the same. So have the surgery now or have the surgery later. As somebody who's spoken to many doctors about my back and all kinds of surgeries, trust me, I know that's how that's the approach, especially for an athlete. And he's like, oh, so if it's all torn 80% versus 60%, it's pretty much the same thing. It just hurts. They're like, yeah. He's like, okay, then I'll keep playing. That's it. That's it. Cooper Cup got injured, and he's kind of a big deal. But the Rams are not. Like, that was just the solidification that the Rams season is officially over, people. Uh, Which is sad for the NFC West, but great for the San Francisco 49ers because my guys are going to ease into the playoffs at this point. Seattle's okay, They're okay. That's it. They're just okay. The Cardinals are awful. They're going to be a force to be reckoned with on offense, and their defense is good enough to where they're going to start winning some games. 
But the problem is Kyler Murray's a head case on top of being injured, so it ain't going to work out. So the 49ers, as long as they can just, you know, trudge forward and win 75% of the remainder of their games, 80% of their games, they're in. Division winners. Easy peasy. Which I'm really hoping for. While I'm throwing out all these other things, I think that uh, the Atlanta Falcons are going to win their division. The Saints are terrible, the Panthers are terrible, and the Bucks are a mess. They're a mess. I think the Atlanta Falcons are going to find a way to win the NFC South this year. So I'm going to look into that bet because I think that it's worth looking into. All right. Uh, to further round out my predictions for the end of the year, because I'm just going for it now. I think the Minnesota Vikings and the San Francisco 49ers will be in the NFC Championship game. I think the Miami Dolphins and the Kansas City Chiefs will be in the AFC Championship game. And I'm hoping that the Dolphins and 49ers are in the Super Bowl. I think that would be spectacular. Although, if those are the way it shakes, if that's the way it shakes out with the championship games, which I know is not like a huge prediction leap or anything, um, I'd be happy with any of the combinations. I mean, I'd prefer the 49ers to be in there, obviously, but for the sake of being a football fan... If it was Minnesota versus Miami, that would probably be the weakest. But even so, it's like Justin Jefferson versus Tyree Kill, you know, and Jalen Waddell. It's just, or Adam Thielen kind of, I guess. I don't know. It's like the Kirk Cousins doesn't do anything versus Tua, who's all over the place. You know, fast action versus grind it out. Dalvin Cook versus who knows with the Miami running game. They're starting to look better and better by the week. And then, you know, if you have a, a rematch of the 49ers and the Chiefs, I'm sure people would enjoy that. But those are my long-term predictions. Short-term predictions, NFL Week 11. Uh, Bears versus Falcons. I'm sticking with, they got to start somewhere. Falcons, minus three points. Uh, the Bills are giving up eight versus the Browns this week. Bills are going to smash. It'll be a 10 or 13 or 27 point victory. Um, <clears throat> the Browns are... Deshaun Watson's back at practice. They're gearing him up. So they're like, okay, Jacoby, do your best out there. But they're so unfocused on like... The, like they're focused on Deshaun. Bills cover. Rams versus Saints. This suck fest. I think the Saints are, are favored by four, but that part doesn't matter. The bet in this game is Alvin Kamara over... I, I think he'll break the century mark, the 100-yard mark. I think it might be at like 92 yards or something like that, but I say over 100, so if it's if the over-under on the player prop of Alvin Kamara rushing yards is... Anything less than 100, take the over. That's the bet. It's going to be a run game. Doesn't matter about the Rams defense. They get tired. You've seen it. 
They're not that good. They're not that invested. Their season's crumbling. They're not going to... Aaron Donald's like, what is? what did I do coming back to this? I ain't getting hurt for this. Um, it's going to get softer for the Rams. So Alvin Kamara has a nice game. Then my game of the week, my pick of the week, Lions versus Giants. The Giants are laying three points. They're giving up three points. Let them have it. They're going to smash on them lines. I mean, unfortunately, it's probably going to be a closer game than, you know, the score is not going to reflect the ass beating that the Giants are going to put on the Lions. Let's put it that way. Um, Giants minus three is the pick of the week for me. And the Chargers versus Chiefs game is just going to be fun. Sunday night, game of the week. That's going to be fun. I think I'm going to start doing a new thing where I go and check the uh, second half of the Sunday night football game at Miss Robinson's Irish Pub, the nights I perform there um, for Sunday Punchline. So that's where I'm going to be this Sunday, is Sunday Punchline at Miss Robinson's Irish Pub, followed by my favorite spot in the land, Liquid Zoo. Um, I'll be doing comedy there on Sunday. So I think I might start doing that, like catch the back half of the Sunday night game. So it's going to be a fun one. I'm excited. That's why I'm going to start trying to do that. And we'll see how that goes. I don't know. But moving on to other stuff that I'm watching and speaking of comedy, coinciding, I just saw Dion Cole's new Netflix special, uh, Charlene's, Charlene's Boy, and it is so, so, so good. So good. Dion Cole has a similar thought pattern that I do, and... Uh, you know, I think that's a great that's a that's a great mark of any comic is if you can feel like you're simpatico with him. So he did a great job of that with me, and he's hilarious as usual. And it was very heartfelt. I encourage you to watch the entire thing uh, if you do sit down and watch it. Not anything cryptic. It's just like you know, you think it's over, and then there's like an extra five minutes. And. I do highly recommend it. If you like comedy of any kind, <coughs> hit it. It's funny. And I'm not, uh, to be honest, I've, I've peeled back a lot on watching comedy specials and things um, just because I'm weird like that. But Dion Cole, I trust that for my own reasons, it was going to be a good watch. And it was just killer. Just absolutely killer. Um, really, really like it. I've also, I, I'm still watching my Seinfeld stuff, but here's what I did. I just started by watching like, you know, more modern episodes towards the end of the series. And it's just so happened that it was like, I just wanted to pick one that was like, okay, I know for sure that this is going to make me giggle. Like I just needed that the day that I started watching the Seinfeld. So... I picked one. It just so happened to be one of the later, like last season, but one of the first episodes. I'm like, oh, okay, but I'm just going to pop around anyway, so it doesn't matter. And the problem with Seinfeld is it's really good. And then it's like, they do have tag along stories kind of. But the great thing about Netflix, which is, I never, I just never appreciate it as much as probably everybody else does because I don't do this kind of stuff as like sit and watch as much as I used to. Um, when the technology wasn't as good or these shows weren't there. And 
it's 20 minutes, but you don't, like, you know a commercial's coming, and you don't have to wait for it. And I've seen Seinfeld so many times. I've seen every episode. I'm not kidding. At least 20 times, but some episodes up to 50 or more. Just, I'm not kidding about that. It was on every chance it was in my house growing up. And it was on multiple channels. It was like, it starts at 6 on this, and it goes for an hour, and then we bop to this channel, this channel, this channel, and we go till, you know, midnight. Six hours a day at Seinfeld, if you wanted. And, um, I lost where I was going with that. But anyway, so I've seen all these episodes a ton of times, and... I just, I wonder, so I had the, oh, so I had the commercials, like, I had that thing in my body that was like, oh man, commercial, and then it instantly goes away, and I'm like, oh, and I get that fluttery little feeling, like, when people first started watching shit on demand, or like, binging shows when you didn't have to wait for the next show, that's how I am with these Seinfelds not having commercials, I'm just like, oh, no commercial, like, it's just right back to it, this is so nice, like, it's just like, Oh, this is so nice. I don't have to click anything. I don't have to do anything. I just get to watch one of my shows. And then it just rolls right into the next episode. So it's like you can knock out three banger Seinfeld episodes in an hour without any lag time. It's pretty awesome. So that being said, I just kind of let it roll from the last season. So now I'm only like three episodes away from the end of the series. And I was like, ah, shit. Like, I don't... I don't know that I want to go all the way back to the beginning. I don't. Even though one of my... Somebody that has one of my favorite half-hour comedy specials, Ralph Harris, has spots in like the first season, maybe even the first two seasons, like a pizza guy or delivery guy. And like, you know, he's like, he was the black guy. Like, we're bouncing this off. And they're like, yep, we don't need a black guy. Get him out of here. <laughs> Let's just have a lady. That's good enough. Three guys and a lady. Doesn't matter. Same color. Um, which, whatever. If they figured it out. Trust me. But I don't know if I want to go all the way back there. All the way back, that's, that's too much. Like, I don't want to have to get reinvested that way. Which I think I would. To a certain extent. Or I would just be like. I don't have time to watch you figure this out again. Because I've seen you do it too many times. Like it wouldn't be nostalgically fun for me. I don't think. So although. The episode where. It's very early. Where the brain is playing penis. Or chess versus the penis. That's a very classic. Scene. It's very. It's just very. Well done. Um, so I don't know. I think I might... It might be one of those things where I like... Go back, watch one episode here. In the Like I'll just go episode by episode from the first three seasons. Or maybe just two. Because by season three it was just banging. But like the first two seasons just be like... I like this episode. Let me watch this one. See where they're at. And then just go ahead six episodes be like oh i like this one boom oh yep i see how they already got to and then once i get to the point where like there's no more adjusting and it's all like okay here are all the sets here's all the wardrobe stays the same it's not like we're not messing with anybody's hair anymore and like everything's consistent once it gets to that point i might just be like okay which i think was like season three pretty much 
and they weren't trying to figure out who was fitting in where with the characters anymore. It was like, this is solid. Here we go. So I think I might do that when I raise back into it. Oh, I'm going to skip those other things for the time being. Um, Because we're almost out of time here. We're almost out of an hour. Nobody needs to hear me for more than an hour. But that being said, we are at episode 98 here. And in honor of 98 Degrees, one of the boy bands, that's how I'll say it, uh, I was going to ask Mike what his top five boy bands of all time were. So this week's top five list is going to be my top five boy bands of all time. And I know I look like I used to be in one or trying to still be in one, like an old man version, the geriatric jinglers. I don't know, some stupid crap it's not the case uh but because i at first i was like i don't even like like i mean everybody kind of likes boy bands and if they say they don't they're lying there's got to be at least one song from one of them that you're like it's a banger and if you don't then you're just lying you're lying there's there's too many popular combinations of sounds for you not to like one of them Even if you're deaf, maybe the beats feel good. I don't know. So anyway, top five boy bands, not in any particular order. And here's where it gets kind of weird. Is at first I was like, boy bands suck. And then I was like, no, they don't. Because I grew up in the 90s, bro. Not the 2000s. Don't get ahead of me. That, so that means like the tail end of the 80s. And the early 90s, and even in the late 90s, man, we had some boy bands. Some that even stretched back further. So I'll start out with Jodeci. Jodeci is a boy band. Jodeci is a boy band, and Jodeci is awesome. Okay? But I'll even serve up, like, Backstreet Boys. The easy one. That's the easiest one. That was my favorite, I would say, if I had to pick one. They had the most songs that I liked out of all the boy bands of that era. So that's why they made the list. My list. So I got like Jodeci, Backstreet Boys. I grew up with New Kids on the Block. That was my sister's, both of them, their favorite thing. I watched the video of them in concert over and over. And all I wanted to do, they're like, if we watch it one more time, then you can watch your Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. I'm like, fine. That was the trade-off. But I digress. So New Kids on the Block, you know, they were awesome. They had the right stuff. New Edition, this is peeling it. Peeling it back to even before me. But New Edition is the shit, Okay. Bobby Brown's the man. And the Jackson 5. Who could forget to round out the top 5? The Jackson 5 is a boy band, people. And guess what? That's how you can love Michael. Because that's the little loophole. He wasn't a touchy person when he was in the Jackson 5 that we know of. Jackson 5 in the top 5 boy bands. Honorable mentions, Boys to Men, In Sync, 
LFO, O-Town, B2K, All for One, One Direction, BTS. I don't know. I don't know if those those count because I don't like them. Um, does Hanson count? I might need to rethink my list. Because they're kind of like, or are they like just an alternate pop? alternate rock shit band. I don't know what Hanson's considered because now I'm like, wait a second, maybe that's... I don't know. I would definitely... I would bump... I'd bump New Edition for Hanson if I had to. For one song. Everybody knows what that song is. All right. It's been 10101 on my dial. So, uh, I'm going to jet. Thank you all for hanging out. Thank you all for staying with me. Uh, please do us a favor, like, subscribe, share, follow. Do me a favor. I changed my Instagram handle because I need to for multiple reasons. It is now Brendan McCorkle Comedy. All one word. I tried to spell it different. They didn't let me. Brendan McCorkle Comedy on Instagram. You can follow us at Black Irish Pod. You can follow Mike at Black Irish 213. And oh, while I'm doing it for no good reason, shout out to my boy Dave Carter and Jerome from Maui Sugar Mill. Because here's the thing. They're like, oh, what's this Black Irish? I can never hear it. I don't understand. But they've got some legitimate cool shout outs this week and they're all Feeling good about it, which as well they should. Good for them, and I appreciate it. I'm so glad that my friends are getting some love in the right places. and But the fact that they're all happy... I'm just giving them another shout-out, but the fact that they will never figure out how to see it or hear it... There you go, guys. Love you guys very much. Uh, do us a favor. Come check up every single week. We'll be here. I'm here no matter what. Come hell or high water, here I am. Uh, but be sure to follow... And give us a share. It helps. We're just trying to spread the love out here. And, you know, hard work pays off. That's all we're trying to do. Make it good for everybody. So on that note, have a good week. Be good to yourself and be true to yourself. Everything else will be all right. Love y'all. Peace.